You are listening to The Mallard Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. Are you there? <laughs> I'm reading a comment. <laughs> oh, Katie, how are you doing? Did you just enter the chat room? Because I heard you laughing in the background, so I'm assuming you entered the I, chat room. I did. It's, it's, this, is, this is a blast. Well, you're going you're gonna to love it throughout the course of the program, I promise you, because... Uh, they're entertaining. Okay, so before before we get off and running, I actually need to stop and pause and actually introduce our guest because I know this is going to get fun, for sure. Uh, my guest tonight is Katie Turner, psychic medium. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting a whole bunch of things, but how are you doing tonight, Katie? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing. I'd be doing a lot better if I'd actually remember anything, like when I, you know, because I've I've looked at it all and it's kind of all up there somewhere, but yeah, we'll get through it all. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> that's why you're here, right? So I don't have to remember all this stuff about you. Exactly, exactly. And who better to ask about you than you? Wow, but <laughs> enough about me. Enough about you. <laughs> so, in your bio, it says you, you've been connected to the paranormal since you were a child. Now, take me take me back, because there has to be a moment, though, or something that you remember, because I know there's, there's stories about me that I don't remember, but there's a moment that... But my moment of being remembered and connected to the paranormal is much later in life than yours, apparently. Okay. So I was born in Toronto, uh, Ontario, Canada. And my parents, at, at about six years old, uh, my parents decided to migrate north. My grandparents had already lived up, nor- in, not in northern Ontario, but farther north, a couple hours north of Toronto. And um, they decided that they wanted to purchase a farm. So at six years old, my parents purchased this farm and we moved on to it and we soon developed uh, hauntings. Um, You know, we started to notice that things were happening. And uh, if I can rewind a little bit before that, even before I can recollect, my parents were saying to me that I would say premonitions or I would talk to people who weren't around and, and so on. But in terms of my first recollection, it really started when we moved onto this farm, and I could hear conversations happening. I could see entities, and um, I could kind of tell a little bit more of a history about the farm without my parents knowing this and, and me not having any prior knowledge to it. So um, it was at that point that I really started to kind of uh, see a lot of paranormal stuff. But did you know? Okay, so how did you know what it was, though? Because I'm sure there had to have been a conversation sure. with an adult at that point, which probably was strange, awkward, honest. Well, believe it or not, believe it or not, my parents are very open to this stuff. Um, I have a grandmother that's extremely psychic, although she's fearful. Um, my father is sensitive. My mother is sensitive. So it wasn't something that was completely uh, a different language to them. They they did have an understanding of it. And what intrigued them the most was the fact that I was never afraid. I wanted to know more. And so I was so intrigued by this and enthralled by it that I kept asking questions. And I've always been a very, uh, very uh, strong-headed individual and stubborn, if that were. And so I just wanted to learn more. And that's how I started paranormal investigating. So, you know, as I grew up and I got into, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, these things were not going away. And I was um, more intrigued and I just wanted to figure it out. But that, by then, there was no, you know, in, the Internet was not mainstream. So... Uh, for me, I had to go to libraries and, and try to catch things on TV and, you know, documentaries just to kind of understand what I was seeing. There was one particular time uh, when I was maybe about eight years old that my parents got a phone call home. And it was the school, and they, the teacher had said to my parents, you know, Katie's a pretty bright kid, but she's not really in there. When she is, you know, she's in the classroom and we ask the questions, she, we want her to interact and she's kind of on a daze and we're kind of concerned about her. So my parents took me aside and, and kind of asked me, you know, what, what's going on, Kate? Like, are you okay? And I said, well, it's the colors. And they said, the colors? What do you mean by the colors? And I said, well, the colors around the teacher, uh, around the blackboard. And what I was describing back then, I didn't understand it, but it was auras. I was seeing all of these auras and energy lines, and I just didn't understand what it was. So it started way back then. I, see, I'm always fascinated by people to see auras. Sorry, I, I'm... Because, I, I, I mean, I don't. So, 
that just fascinates me because does that go on and off or do you just see certain people or sorry, I, just help me out here because that's just that fascinates me. Okay. So the auras are kind of like, okay, so the way that I describe an aura, it's an energy field. So energy fields can come in different colors depending on, I think of it like a mood ring. Okay. So different energies present different colors. Um, if you were to take, do you remember, maybe I'm dating myself, but do you remember when you were a kid, you could find these books that if you defocused your eyes and you stared at it long enough, an image would pop out. It would almost come to 3D life to you. Yes. It could be a dinosaur or a horse. And, and I also yes. can do that with carpet. If you stare at carpet long enough, <laughs> I can see, I can see something pop out of it. But that, that doesn't ruin your story. I'm just saying that <laughs> my mind just wonders that much. You know, if I ever have to worry about carpet, I know who to call. Thank yeah, you, that's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> no, so um, the way that I describe energy is if you defocus your eyes, because you remember, your eyes are meant to focus on, on physical objects, right? It's not necessarily a non-physical form that it's intended to see. So the way that the light segment works, you're meant to be almost a 3D image. So with something paranormal such as energy, um, it's not necessarily a physical thing. So you have to defocus your eyes and um, kind of not focus on something else and use your peripheral visions to kind of pick it up. And that's what I was doing. I was defocusing and seeing it. A, a wonderful way to practice, I often tell people, is to uh, go outside at night when the stars are bright and take a look at a star. And when you look at that star and then you kind of use your peripheral vision, you'll notice that that star is brighter, brighter when you get to that peripheral vision. It's the same type of principle. You're using a different type of um, focus in order to see what you want to see. Now, this takes me back to when I, I always tell people that because some people have told me I have some sort of gift. So we'll, we'll preference it by saying that breaking news for okay. some people out there who are listening to the show who have no idea. But that's here or there. Well, I mean, when you can get images out of carpet, Jim, that is astounding. <laughs> what about toast? Can you find images in toast? No, but you know, actually, hold on, I'm going to go make some. We'll get we'll get back to you. Just fill the next what is it, four and a half minutes here. Um, I'll be back. I guess I shouldn't butter that, so I'm probably not going to eat it. So I ah, forget it. But the question is: the brown bread? Is it white bread? Is it is it honey bread? <laughs> well, I was going to say is the cinnamon has the swirl in it, so there's already a built-in. Oh, that's a whole new step. <laughs> no, but so when I'm well, I haven't had this happen to me for a while. I guess I should also say this. But when I'm driving, have been past tense, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. I will see things like people slow, like people like either crossing the road or sitting by a mailbox, you know, wherever across the way. And then I'll slow down for them because that's what that's what a safe person does to slow down for the person either crossing the road or standing close enough to the the road to be in the danger zone, so to speak. And then I'll get up, I'll get up closer, and I can't find the person, which people have often told me. I've, well, I just seen a ghost because this has happened more than once with different people in the car, and that they start thinking I'm crazy, which is always a good conversation to have with somebody while you're in a car, stuck with them for well, at least the next few minutes, at least. Um, is that that same state of mind that you're talking about, where your eyes kind of, I don't want to say come out of focus, but not necessarily your mind's not necessarily in focus either. Well, you know, uh, the act of meditation is opening that consciousness, right? So, you know, a lot of people when they drive to work in the morning, they they think, oh my gosh, did I run that red light? Did I stop at that stop sign? I don't even remember my drive. And that's actually micro-napping. Part of your brain is shutting down. Um, meditation is not necessarily shutting that part of your brain down. And it goes with seeing, seeing paranormal um, or energies, okay, anomalies. It's not like you're shutting it down, but you're not focusing on um, on the image directly, okay? So if you focus on anything long enough, pareidolia or major extreme effects will happen. Oftentimes, people will present me with paranormal pictures. You know, is this my aunt? Is this a ghost? What image do you see? And sometimes it's simply a grain in the wood, and it's kind of your, your mind is logically making something of it. So, you know, shutting yourself down is not necessarily the case. It's more not focusing um, too hard on something. Does that make sense to you? Oh, yeah. Well, my mind's always shutting down. No. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, can we keep it running long enough to get through the show? Right. No. Autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is an interesting phenomenon how the mind, because especially like you mentioned the morning commute to work, how it's so 
I don't want to say programmed into you, but when you're going to the same place at the same time, mm-hmm. so repetitively, and that's kind of where the the theory of residual haunt comes from, I'm sure, right? Because you're doing the same thing over and over again, which kind of scares me at this moment as we're talking about driving back and forth to work and residual haunts as I cross these streams mm-hmm. for people. But I guess, I guess that then tends to make sense why I see people doing the same things. They probably be getting the morning paper or going to get the mail at the same time of day or however that would Absolutely. Work. So, so residual energy is an imprint in time, essentially. It's not necessarily an intelligent haunting. So the communication is not necessarily there. If you're, um, if you're seeing something at the same time or you're hearing the footprints the same, the same moment every day, it's kind of that imprint that's been put into the, the kinetic energy of the area or the ambient energy. So, you know, can you pick up on timelines? Absolutely. We can pick up on timelines. There are still radio waves in the air from the war that sometimes people on ham radios are able to, to pick up and listen to. So, you know, energy does not, it's not, it can't be destroyed. It's just basically morphed into other things or to being placed into different areas. So, you could absolutely be picking on that. If your vibrational frequency is, is, is oscillating at that frequency, of course you're going to hit it. So let's jump backwards again because I think we, <laughs> I went straight off the deep end and I think we need to pull it back just a touch for just a moment. Sure. Um, talk to me about when you, I mean, because you, you, you were seeing things, but reading people is different than seeing things. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you'll agree with that. Oh, absolutely. So... I am. I call myself a psychic medium, and a lot of people use those terms um, loosely. So, to me, when I explain my abilities, I say a psychic. The psychic in me means that I can tap into timelines, past, present, and future. The mediumship part of me means that I can tap into people who've crossed over, um, but you can never guarantee the people you want to come through will come through. So. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily that I'm always searching for these people, but when I walk into a location, I'm able to tell, for the most part, who has uh, occupied that place. So I can tap into that residual energy, or I can even uh, focus my energy and, and communicate with those who are still there. Yeah, which is fun. Which it, so I guess my next question is kind of the question that I ask a bunch of psychics and mediums and everybody in between, because can you shut it off? Yes, I can. And I think any psychic uh, can, and I don't want to say 100%, but let me put it to you this way. When I go to the grocery store to go shopping, I'm not looking for deceased people. Okay, I leave my door open. I call it my psychic door open just a little bit. And I leave it there for those people in need. So, for example, uh, a few weeks ago, I was I was finished at the grocery store. I, you know, I was just about to pick my children up from school, and I, I whipped home quickly to put my groceries in the fridge. And as I got out of my car and went to walk up to my front step, uh, there was an entity of a woman that was murdered. And she was standing there covered in blood. And, of course, it took me aback, and I thought, you know, what's going on? So immediately I asked her psychically, you know, why are you here? What do you need? How can I help you? And I said to her, do people know you're dead? In other words, is this something that just occurred? And she said, no. But she said, you know, there's somebody you're going to be getting a hold of, and I just, I, I'm, I really want them to know I'm okay, and I'm sorry, and, and on and on. And so I basically said to her, well, you're, you know, I'm sorry, but I, I've got groceries that are falling here. If, if you're not in dire straits, then, you know, let me get my groceries, and I'll see what I can do. And so um, she ended up showing up back about three days later, uh, in front of the person that I was supposed to communicate with. So it's not as though she wanted my attention right then and there, but she was so, I, I don't want to call it excited, but um, wanting to make contact with this person that she made her presence known at that moment. Do you think she led you to that person at that point? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent, I believe that. I think that entities... Um, you know, a lot of the times when we think of loved ones or we think of uh, the death of someone, they're actually imprinting that thought into your consciousness. You know, the old adage, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And oftentimes, you know, we get thinking of our loved ones and, and, you know, we miss them and we mourn for them, but really it's them putting that thought in our mind, trying to make contact. So I'm going to ask you a totally random question at this point because it does not flow where, where we're at with anything. But... <laughs> okay. Uh, that, well, not scary, not scary, but this this is you're going to enjoy this question, and it's going to be a totally okay. like I said, it's going to be it's going to seem like it's a, maybe not left field, but definitely center field. Um, have you ever been haunted by music? 
Like, Have you ever a, been haunted? But like get a song lyric stuck in your head, and then you had to go look yeah. up the song or listen to the song. Entities give that to me all the time. So when I receive a download, so say I'm doing a reading for someone or I'm walking into a location and we're trying to get a read on a place, okay, before we do an investigation, oftentimes... I get uh, the, the beginning of a song or the lyrics to a song or the name of a song. And that's because when I'm getting that download, it's a very quick uh, transference of energy, and I'm supposed to make a story of those few words or lyrics. And so I will go, thank God for the Internet, because I'll go on to the <laughs> Internet really quick, and I will Google that song and read the lyrics, and then it makes a million sense to me. Um, and that's how they're able to, to help me along to, to make sense of them. Yeah, I mean... Okay. Now, to get a song stuck in my head, yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, so I guess the question for you is, how do you differentiate between just a good song and a message from the other side? Well, I've been doing this, I think, long enough to understand when the download comes, the difference between um, them trying to give it to me and me just consciously picking it up. For anybody who's trying to experiment with that, I think it's important, number one, you do it safely. Number two, you open up your consciousness, and when you receive something like that, you ask for more. So you're always able to ask for a little bit more of, of an explanation or give me the next hint or, you know, what else can you tell me that's going to help me come to the conclusion? And oftentimes they will do that for you. They, they Don't forget, they're trying to communicate with you, so they're going to try and do whatever necessary to make the point across. In my cases, I think that they do this to me because I'm too dense to pick up the other messages that they're trying to portray. <laughs> so I'm a music junkie, so they know that that's a common denominator between them and me. Well, that might make sense for both of us then. So we might. We might... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, oh, from for oh boy, the 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 pond is is swimming fast tonight. So I'm trying to keep up with it. But Cat Ward wants me to ask you: Does Katie get animals who have passed? contacting her like the lady at the grocery store and how often does that happen do animals contact me yes they do um but most of the times when animals pass uh you have to remember pets are usually here for us for purposes for us right so um when uh, a pet passes away they do cross over sometimes they choose to stay for a little while but for the most part they'll they'll cross over and they're waiting for us on the other side um but yes no animals will uh, contact me. There has been a couple occasions where I have been contacted by um, the pet owner because they've been lost, and the animal will come to me to tell them where they died or how they died so that I can put the owner at peace and so that they understand that they won't be found or potentially if the animal is alive, I can pinpoint where the animal is and they can find the animal for themselves. That's just mind-blowing. Man, you're, you're on fire tonight. Uh, we're, we're doing good. I'm my mind's going about Thank 400 you. miles an hour, so this is always helpful. Um, so Germantown <laughs> Runner wants me to ask you about when he is walking or driving down lighted streets at night, sometimes, well, he says very often, they'll, they'll turn off and it freaks him out. Have you ever heard of anything mm. happening like this? Yes. So that is a breaking electromagnetic field. So many people are, are capable of doing this, and I think more so than they're consciously aware. We are all built up of energy. So that energy uh, it can turn into uh, what they call a poltergeist activity. Poltergeists are not necessarily an entity angry or trying to make contact by, by moving things or, or throwing things. But it can also be your unbalance um, of energy. And, you know, I've known people to be able to smash light bulbs. I've known people who, some people can't wear watches because their magnetic frequencies um, make the watch stop. I know certain people who have computer problems, myself included. If I'm having a frustrating day, I'll tell you the electronics that I'm working with are not cooperating. And so it doesn't just stop there. Sometimes people can change the energy in the light and um, make them go out or make them shine, make them flash, make them brighter, and even make them dimmer. Yeah, I've had some of that electronics issues before, which is real fun. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. when you, Oh, when no, you... especially... Exactly. <laughs> Especially when you do what I do. Uh, as I say, you're looking at screens right? and, and all this other fun <laughs> stuff. Um, so I guess that brings us to, a, a, I think it was Brian Bowden's question. Yeah, let me bring that back up here. Have you ever connected, with, so have you ever connected with somebody that has dealt with or is dealing with something evil? And how do you deal with it? 
Oh, yes, I have. So that's not something that, you know, I'm, I'm certainly proud of. Um, you know, there are those hunters out there that call themselves ghost hunters that, you know, they feed off of that and that's what their intrigues them. And you know what? To each his own. I really um, try, not to stay away from that stuff, but I really try and pick and choose um, what I'm willing to deal with and what I'm not. So far to date, everything that I've been presented, I've been able to deal with, but it is quite intimidating because I don't think people realize how serious those issues can be. Um, Hollywood has a wonderful way of kind of um, romanticizing paranormal activity and demonic behavior. And, you know, demons or malevolent energy, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't jump out at you like Hollywood portrays. It doesn't, you know, jump out and say boo. It doesn't, uh, your head doesn't spin around and, and spit pea soup. Hollywood has its place, and that's, you know, it's something that we enjoy and, and have entertainment. But um, for the cases that I've been involved with, you know, they don't do that. They, they try to make you crazy or look crazy. They attack you slowly and subtly. They're very sneaky. And, you know, they can cause physical harm. I had one case a few years ago where I had to get the diocese involved. And, in fact, this client um, was had already been talking to the diocese. She was a very high member of her parish. She went to church every other day. She had more church paraphernalia in her home than a church, honestly. And um, she was being completely terrorized by a demonic entity. And the reason this demonic entity was terrorizing her was because it was a challenge. Because she was so religious, he was trying to break her down. And he got, I say he lightly, but this entity was, was getting chuckles out of it. And it pushed her down, down the stairs and broke her legs. It pushed her face and in front and burnt herself on the stove. And it pushed her in between um, a washer and dryer and she was stuck there. And this is an elderly woman. So... When she was going through all of this, the doctors at the time were suggesting that she had Alzheimer's or dementia or was suffering from something mentally. Then really, this woman was showing up with bite marks and scratches and broken bones um, and was being terrorized. So we were able to get rid of it. But there was a colleague on one of the television shows that I work with that I am a firm believer that she died because she got in too deep with some demonic behavior. And it's not as though she was um, entertaining it. It was she was trying to fight it for somebody and it got the best of her. So it's quite dangerous to get involved with. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it amazes me how many people want to see something like that until they do. Right? Well, absolutely, it's, because it, I don't think they understand the the um, the entire picture. <laughs> you know, most of these people, when, when you are intrigued that much about it, and you are um, almost, I don't want to call it obsessed about it, but I am a believer that that's at that point where they have a hold on you and there's a tethering effect that occurs where these entities slowly manipulate your thoughts into you wanting to do this. So there are some major players out there that obsess over this stuff or that's their main focus. And I don't necessarily think it's TV ratings or, um, you know, popularity contest and why they do it. I really believe that it's got a hold on them and it's making them focus more and more on it to bring it to light. So many years ago, back when the show started, almost 10 mm -hmm. years ago, I, I had this idea for a promo stuck in my head, but I never actually got around to recording it because, as people know who want recordings from me, no, they'll, they'll tell you that I procrastinate, well, forever. And, um, <laughs> but the idea was, the guy calls this paranormal group, or this show, and it's like, man, I need your help. Everything in my life is going right. My kids are getting straight A's. My wife's cooked dinner, you know, not complaining about, you know, mm -hmm. just right down the line. I think I have an angel problem. Can you help? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll joking aside, I think that's a great idea because we never look at the bright side. You know, we're always we're always focused on that, that um, jumping negative effect. And, you know, it's a great way to put that into perspective because I often ask people, when was the last time you laughed so hard you cried? And people will kind of have to think about it for a second. And then I'll say, when was the last time you were so mad, you were spitting mad, or you were so angry? And they can remember the anger far better than they can remember when they laughed and, and were crying in laughter. So, you know, I think you're right. I think that's, that's something that we don't think about every day. Yeah, I, I think we need, I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to sound all um, high horse, preachy, whatever the word may be, but positivity does help people. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say you need to, you know, do any of that other stuff, but just take a moment and think about something that happens good every day. It does. I have been doing that every trying to 
been trying to get these New Year's resolutions off the ground before the New Year started. You know. Yeah. Makes it easier. Well, I, everything is a vibration. Absolutely everything in the world is a vibrational frequency. So um, negative attracts negative. And if you are a negative person or a depressive person, that's the type of vibrational frequency you're going to oscillate, and that's what you're going to attract. So... Think about an AM or FM radio. An AM signal is not going to be picked up by an FM radio because it doesn't have the same frequency. It's the same principle with negative and positive. Okay, what makes a cross so incredibly powerful in in the Catholic or in Christian faith? It's the, the act of intent. It's the faith and the conviction behind the belief. It's really just a piece of metal or a piece of of wood, right? But it's that positive faith that we have in prayer and in thinking that makes it so powerful. And I think if you change your mind perspective and your mind frame and the thought patterns that you're dealing with every day and change that to a positive outlook, you're going to see positive results. Yeah, and you and you have to set... I I told Dave Schrader a couple weeks ago, You have to, I have set the intention on the back of my laptop, which I needed to put somewhere I see every day, and that's pretty much mm-hmm. one of the places that I look often. Probably too often, but that's a whole other... That's 2022, right? Um, <laughs> right. You're going to write the book on procrastination, but you'll start it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's just a matter of making sure that you're paying attention to what your your actions, because everybody says the great things, right? Like we all want to, everybody, everybody listening to this podcast wants to lose at least 20 pounds. Everybody. Right. Meanwhile, Absolutely. meanwhile, you got, me, you got me right now. <laughs> I was gonna say, meanwhile, they're putting. Meanwhile, they have a cookie in the one end saying, "I totally agree with that guy. He's pretty smart." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> New, <laughs> New Year's, we start this that. Now you can start it. Th- you can start it today, and I, I recommend gradual changes, but make sure you. It's a what? What? What is it? It's not about the destination; it's about the journey. Something like that sounds well, familiar. You know, I often I often tell people, pick your heart. You know, being thin is hard, but being fat is hard. Being married is hard, but being divorced is hard. Being rich is hard, being poor is hard. It's up to you. You have to pick what kind of hard you want to deal with. And, you know, I think, you know, every day we have these struggles and we have consumerism, which gets in the way, and consumerism stipulates that you're either too tall, you're too short, you're too fast, you're too thin, whatever it is, is not good enough. You need a bigger house and a nicer car, and that's what we get stuck into. And that everlasting um, societal loop keeps, keeps us trying for more and more. And I think once you can break away from that and you can see the positivity in what you have, I think you're going to have a better life. Totally agree. So... I've got to oh, see. I'm shifting gears on you again. It feels like I'm ADD hey, tonight. Uh, like, I, hey, you know what? Squirrel. So I'm good. Like so you're good. Things, I'm glad I you're mean, good because I'm, I'm so sure there is somebody out there listening to me go going pickle hand and stand it, son. But um, <laughs> have you ever been approached by somebody for a reading and you just kind of looked at them and said no? Um, honestly, no. I think everybody that. I have, a, um, I have a, I've been approached by people who wanted a reading and I felt that they weren't ready to hear what I had to say. Um, but I don't stutter. So I am a pretty call it as you see a person. And, you know, as a, a psychic medium, um, you know, essentially you're not paying me for my personal opinion. You're paying me for my psychic opinion, which varies quite often. Um, so for me, it's really not a for me to judge the information, but if I feel like somebody's mentally not able to or capable to hear certain things, I try to, it's not that I hold it away from them, but I will kind of encourage them to come back in a little while when they're ready to hear it. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I was just wondering, because I know there's, there's some people I just want to stay away, f- away from, so I was just wondering if that happens to you. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. wait, wait, wait. There are people that you just want to stay away from, period. But I was wondering if, like, the spirit world just said, no, don't even go there. I guess is what I was said. I had to clean it up because I could see how that so, so, Okay. On a spiritual level, but yeah, you know, you can never guarantee that an entity wants to talk to you. Most spirits that we talk to, and ghosts, but most of the time spirits are not there with major messages. They're there to give me things that I would never, ever be able to know without them telling me to validate that this is who we're speaking of. So, of course, they love you. Of course, they miss you. Of course, you know, they're there for you. 
And um, but they're just basically trying to let you know that they're there. That's that's the reason why they're validating through me that it's them that we're speaking with. Yeah, I mean that. As I say, of course, most of that's true. Of course. And then again, sometimes you wonder, but that's here or there. That's a whole other can of worms for another time, I'm sure. But <laughs> so, um, tell me about the Canadian Re- uh, Supernatural Research Society. I almost got that all right, all all out the first that's time. Okay. So the Canadian Supernatural Research Society is a paranormal team that I started a few years ago. And um, when I was a teenager, I started investigating amateurly. And I did that basically to prove to myself that I wasn't crazy. So I wanted to validate with equipment what I was seeing. And if I could see it on audio and I could see it on video, then I could prove to myself that it was actually happening. And through high school and college, I, I, you know, I did some, some amateur investigating and, and, you know, abandoned houses and stuff. And fast forward a few years, and the activity was getting more and more. And um, I had a conversation with a girlfriend who said to me, you know, you're, you're good at what you do. You should try this. And I thought, no, it's not something I really want to delve into. And she said, no, seriously, you, you know, this is something, if this is a passion of yours, why don't, I'm sure there's other people with passions like yours. And so, you know, I thought about it and I thought, no, you know what, I think this is a great idea. I no longer need the validation, but at the same time, people were coming to me saying, I'm having this activity in my house, what do I do? I'm having this, we don't know what it is. And so I thought, this is a perfect opportunity to get like-minded individuals that want to investigate and are passionate about the paranormal to come together and try and help people. And so we don't like to call ourselves ghost hunters because we're not necessarily, I mean, Anybody who's investigating the paranormal wants, you know, the, the golden cup. They they want the, gold, the the holy grail. They want to see the best paranormal activity they can find. So selfishly, yes, that's part of the reason why we do it. But for the most part, we don't need the validation to know paranormal is real. So we go into locations, whether it be a private residence or a business, and we try to uh, debunk non-paranormal activity, and we try to um, give... The, the owners or the, the you know the occupants of the of the area answers as to why it's happening and and help them guide them on on a way that they're able to not be afraid that they're able to get rid of whatever's in their house if they choose to or to be able to embrace what's happening to them and um, not feel so uh, taboo about it. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm going to jam two questions together here, which do make <laughs> sense together, but kind of don't. So I'm going to lump them together because the answer will be probably pretty clear. Um, do spirits come to you via dreams or when you're sleeping? And then the follow-up, I guess, would be, have you ever been wake, woken up by a spirit? Oh, well, yes and yes. Short answer, <laughs> yes and yes. Long answer, yes and yes. No, um, <laughs> so, okay, so dreams. Your dream state is where your subconsciousness is allowed to open without any predetermined judgment. So, when you're in a, in a twilight sleep or when you're in, you know, not necessarily a deep REM sleep, your consciousness is able to open up, your subconsciousness comes alive and it's able to, entities or energies are allowed to infiltrate. So lots of premonitions or visitations by loved ones happen at that time. Um, but yes, absolutely, uh, in terms of entities coming to me in my sleep, there is one, uh, I've had many instances, but there was one instance in particular that, haunted me, um, where a gentleman decided that, once again, he wanted to hear from his loved one, and I, unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize that I was meeting this woman within a week's time, and he came and stood beside my bed for the whole week. He wouldn't say a word to me, he wouldn't introduce himself, he just stared. And I felt quite violated, in fact. I said to him, you know, it's time to go, like, I'm trying to sleep here. And he just he just stood there. He was not disrespectful, but he, he just really wanted me to get a good look at him. And ironically enough, um, when I was in this session with this lady, and she had pulled out a photo album, and she was looking for a picture of her mother, I had to stop her and I said, who is that man? Because that's the man who's been haunting me for a week. And she said, that was my dad. And he was wearing precisely what he was wearing beside me in the photo, down to the watch, down to the sleeves being rolled up. Everything was as it was when he showed up. And so I now realize that he didn't have enough energy to communicate with me, but he had enough energy to show me um, essentially that picture. And um, I was able to let her know that he was okay at that moment. How did it come out with the the mother? Because you had seen the father. How did the mother? Did 
they cross paths in the afterlife? I guess is where I'm headed. So there's many different dimensions to the afterlife, and it depends on um, how you go. So um, when you die, you can either be a ghost or a spirit. And a lot of people don't realize that there's two different versions of it. A ghost is um, an imprint or a, um, an earthbound entity. So it hasn't crossed over. It's earthbound. So, for example, if I died and I, and I did not cross over, I chose not to cross over, I would only ever remember Katie's thoughts. But when you die and you choose to take that, that crossover and you go to the other side, become that spirit, you're really no longer that person anymore. I would no longer be Katie. I would uh, have Katie's thoughts. I would have Katie's memories. I would have Katie's emotions. But I would also be a lot of the other people that I had reincarnated into in the past. And I would be down to my deepest soul. So um, it just kind of depends on what, what you're kind of communicating with and whether you know, you're actually that ghost or spirit. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of terms in the paranormal. Of course, we've kind of broke mm-hmm. some of them down tonight. You just broke one down that kind of, how do I say this, get abused by people just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there is no nuance in the paranormal. What you've seen is, well, anyways, we won't get there. But, <laughs> right, like, it's just, I, I don't, I mean, that's, I think people, you know, often wonder why doesn't this get take more, taken more seriously and those people who are saying that are the people who don't take it seriously to start with. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Well, <laughs> no, not to get you in trouble. I'm, I'm the one that's kind of, that can say that and get away with it. So don't, don't get yourself in trouble. Oh, yeah, no worries. I get it. <laughs> and speaking of perfect segue. See now, now this, this all over the place flows into a great thing here. Is there a way to protect mm-hmm. yourself from evil? Yes. So, um, evil. Evil is such uh, because you had just talked about you know overused words, abused abused things, um, and evil is one of them. Okay, if I had a nickel for every single time somebody contacted me and they thought they had a demon, <laughs> and it turns out that it's you know Aunt June and she's just trying to get your attention and she's sick of tapping on you and you're not noticing, so she throws something. Um, you know, not everything is demonic. Demonic is a Catholicism word. So that is a mainstream word that we use today, but really malevolence is, is what I like to call it, or evil. Um, is there evil of the world? Absolutely. Can you be affected by it? Yes, you can. Is there a way to, to protect yourself? Yes. So the most important thing whenever I go into a cleansing or get into, get into a situation like that is I explain to my clients that it's them that has the power to do it. By contacting me and asking for help is a good thing, or asking anybody for help is a good thing, but it's also relinquishing your power. So when you're, uh, feel that you're not strong enough to deal with this on your own, you're giving it power or giving it fear, and that's what it feeds off of. So when I go into a household or a business where I, you know, I help somebody, I try to take them through the steps as I do it to show them that they are powerful enough to I don't want to say exercise it, but to get rid of it and not allow it to affect them anymore. And and I have, I like to think, I, I don't want to be ignorant in stating that, you know, I, I, I've been able to do it every time, but with persistence and perseverance, we've been able to get rid of these things that we've had problems with. So yes, you can protect yourself. I think by doing things smartly, I think by, um, you know, taking the steps necessary, I often encourage uh, crystals, I encourage prayer, I encourage uh, you know, not not trying to do any acts of divination without knowing how to clean it up. So acts of divination, in other words, um, you know, communication with the other side. A lot of people open up with spirit boxes or Ouija boards or uh, use different pieces of equipment. And, you know, they're fearful. TV makes you think you should be afraid of it. And they're simply pieces of wood with a planchette. But it's the active intent that you're, that you're using it in that opens that portal door that things can slip through. So if you understand how they, how they work, if you understand how to maintain, um, you know, safety and, and how to do these things properly, I, you know, I don't discourage it. But a lot of people don't know how to do it. So, you know, that's where I come in. <laughs> as I was say, as you mentioned, that was one of the questions coming up about Ouija board, which is kind of fun because, you know, it always is. But... I always tell people it's no different than doing an EVP session. You're just inviting that ghost to play with, with like you said, a planchette versus play of the Absolutely. recorder. There's no difference. Absolutely. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. 
So next question, well, fun question here. Have you ever witnessed a Roman Catholic exorcism? Or would you if you haven't? I guess we should need to follow up with that too. Um, so have I ever actually been present when, uh, I have never been present when a Roman Catholic bishop has come in to perform an exorcism. I have had meetings with the diocese uh, in, in my hometown to discuss certain instances. I know of a, of a, um, uh, a bishop that does uh, perform uh, exorcisms. I've never been present when he has done it. But he is from the Mexican Vatican, so um, like down south, he, he's uh, from a different era that he does his things. And so um, have I ever been actually in the room and it's happened? No, I haven't. Have I done my own cleansings and my own forms of exorcism? Yes, I have. Yeah, you have, you have to clean house, so to speak, once in a while, no matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably way overdue here. But anyways, Bisa. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, somebody else remind me about that here in a few minutes. Um, this question comes from Germantown Runner. It, go, it is a good question. That's why I'm noting Germantown Runner sent me this, because he, he has the best questions. He should be hosting the show, not me. Of course, he'd have to host some other show besides the Mauer Report, because that'd just been awkward. But nevertheless, um, are some more are, have some people that are crossed over more difficult to reach than others? For instance, for instance, children, somebody very old, autistic, learning disability, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so Germantown Runner, um, yes. So, you know, the state of which you die, the state of consciousness you're in when you, when you die affects a lot of things. So traumatic, um, brain injuries or just a traumatic accident. Um, you know, somebody suffering dementia or Alzheimer's or confusion at death, that can absolutely affect things. So, Sometimes that makes it so that they can't, they're tethered to a specific location. You know, I often refer to Elvis. Elvis is somebody who has not been able to fully cross over because so many people keep that gentleman alive. They honor him and they worship him and they play his music and they, you know, keep that. that he's still in the building. He's still alive. And so they don't realize that that is keeping them there. It's the same with grave side um, of highways. You know, it's wonderful to mourn that person and to keep their spirit alive in terms of honoring them. But when you do that, in certain regards, you keep them here. So in order to, uh, to be able to communicate with them, you may have to go to that location where they died or um, you know, um, the hospital they died in or a specific house to try to make that contact. They're essentially a ghost instead of a full spirit that has crossed over and still comes back to visit. Children are another thing. Children are, um, lots of times, are very scared. So I was doing an, an investigation with um, some people a few weeks ago. We were working on a, on a police case. And um, we had entered this area, and we were looking for another entity. And this little girl came up to me, and she, she said, Are you my mummy? I'm, I'm looking for my mummy. And, you know, it broke my heart because this thing, when I had gone to the gravestone, this little girl had died in 1969. So can you imagine how many years this three-year-old was looking for her money? So I was able to kind of say to her, you know, honey, you need to go. And, and you know, there's there's people that are waiting for you. And if you just go to that door and open it, they'll be able to help you. And, and all of a sudden, she was gone. So I'm ignorant to think that I can cross people over. But if I can make those spirits conscious of their death and allow them to know they've passed away, that's when the light comes for them and they're able to cross over. Um, um Learning disabilities, all alike. It doesn't matter what their developmental delay is, uh, they have a hard time. Now, the people that I find have the hardest time crossing over are the most religious. Because those people have a certain uh, predisposition or preset as to how they think death is going to occur. Lots of nuns, priests, uh, people who are high, high in their parish, they believe that you know, a certain thing happens, and when that death occurs... They're not, they're not crossing over because it's not what they think. When you think of England and Ireland and Scotland and the old country, a lot of those places are quite haunted. And most of the time, that's because back then, you know, the Bible was so prevalent that if you committed any act of sin, you were going to hell. So when death occurred, they were afraid to cross over. And so they stayed. And, they, and that's why Anne Boleyn still haunts or the, the vicar still stays around because they did that sin, whether it be showing an anchor or playing cards on a Sunday. And that's what caused them to stick around in the first place. That is phenomenal. That's, I never thought about that. But that, 
gets me going. Now, I don't know if you have an answer about this today, but I think it's something we need to watch going forward. Or maybe, okay. maybe you do. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, this just hit me, so I'm just throwing this out because sure. it seems to be what I'm doing tonight all over the place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about funerals in the era of COVID because they have been mm-hmm. either re- largely reduced or just not happening at all. And I could see that posing a problem for some people as they cross over. Because you were just mentioning about how, the, you know, they have this idea of how, you know, I die, have this funeral, and then, right? Like, the you know, like everybody knows these steps in the process. And I don't know how many people are willing to, you know, admit, especially when they're sick, that, you know, their loved ones aren't going to get that opportunity to say goodbye to them. And they might linger longer now than they would have before. So, um, for them, okay, so first of all, if funerals were developed for the living, not the dead. Oh, no, I have no, no, they're for the dead. <laughs> people are just dying to get in there, right? <laughs> um, no, but, you know, so it's more, it's not necessarily the fact that the funeral or the laying of, at rest, laying at peace, has caused that entity to stay. It's more the people who have not been able to mourn that death to go into that state of closure that keeps them tethered here. It's the guilt. So, yes, that does occur. Absolutely. Through COVID, I think people understand on a conscious level that they can't be there and they understand the way it works. But, I mean, you got to go back. Think of, think of the states when the hurricane hit or the um, down in, in New Orleans when all those poor people drowned. Think of a lot of the, you know, in Haiti when all the hurricanes went over or Fukushima there are a lot of people that are going to be stuck in this area because, number one, it came out of nowhere. It was unsuspected. I mean, death is very rarely suspected, but it was really out of out of the ordinary. And people weren't able to say goodbye to their loved ones. And so I think you're going to see a lot more of that rather than COVID. Um, but, yes, there are going to be those people that never got to say goodbye. Yeah, I, I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a, like a, a groundswell that we're going to have to uh, beat people with a stick, so to speak. But it'll be interesting to watch because it'll – it will creep up somewhere online. Predict, predicting it for the fall of 2022 on television. Just saying. No. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's going to get me in trouble. Oh. <laughs> and if it does happen as a TV show, and they didn't have anything documented before this date, I need a check. Anyways. Um, <laughs> right. Make the check out, too. <laughs> remember those nickels that we were throwing around earlier. Uh, <laughs> right. So, okay, because I've got a bunch of uh, short little fun questions here coming up, but I've got the most important question of the night. Okay. This is the most important question. This is the hardest question for you to answer. Where can people find you? No pressure. What's your your website? Where are you at on social media and all this other fun stuff? So uh, you can find me. So my website is katieturnerpsychic.com. You can find me and my team at the Canadian Supernatural Research Society.com. You can find me on Facebook at Sensitive Psychic Medium Katie Turner. You can see me on um, Travel and Escapes Paranormal Survivor, which uh, has aired all five seasons. So on Netflix, Destination America, Travel Channel, and TNE. It's also um, around the world. I don't know those networks. And also My Worst Paranormal Nightmare, which also airs on those networks. And currently, a very dear friend of mine, Richard Ruland, and myself have a live podcast on Facebook Live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. called Let's Talk About It. And it's an interactive uh, live Facebook chat where we talk about all things paranormal. And we talk about the safety practices. We talk about what to look for. We talk about... Um, you know, different experiences. We talk about types of hauntings and equipment. So if those of you would like to join us, you're more than welcome to check us out Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Also, if you've missed a past episode, check us out. Look us up on Facebook Live. We're also with, uh, thank, thanks to Justin Canciari and his friends, uh, New Lantern Media. You can find podcasts via Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, iTunes, there's a bunch of different um, audio uh, areas that you can look us up. So wherever you look, hopefully you'll be able to find me. <laughs> Justin Cancellaria, that's where I heard you. There we go. <laughs> I've, known jo- I've known Justin for longer than either of us care to admit, by the way. Okay, okay. Well, 
small world. <laughs> yeah, that's going to say. Uh, especially if in the paranormal, it's it, it. I mean, you either know the person or you know of the person. I believe, like it's just mm-hmm. kind of even as much as well, I Cat, try to exit yeah, stage Cat right. Us large, yeah, right. Cat Ward's given us large shout outs, and she's one of a very dear friend. She's a, a also a paranormal investigator with Canadian Supernatural Research Society. And Sir Brian Bowden is a is a wonderful man as well. He uh, he's welcomed me on his show, and and uh, he's a, he's passionate about the paranormal too. So you know, we've got some great people. Yes, Kat, I know you told me that, but it doesn't sound good in, on air that Kat Ward told me that earlier. I just wanted to make sure that we... Jeez, oh, Kat, I tell you. Anyways, you got to have play the dramatic theater points at some points. But okay. Anyways, enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good so. thing you're cute, Kat. Good thing you're cute. <laughs> you, know, you know, she hasn't been on the show. She's been, been around my show for years, and she says I'm part of the reason she does a show, which is way beyond I trouble. believe that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, well, but, I believe that. But she's never been on the show, so you've made it first. So make sure you remind her of that bef- every time you talk to her from now. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> Just because. Um, so we've got... Okay, so Brian Bowden wants me to ask you for uh, Wednesday's Powerball number, since we're kind of winding down here and going to have a little bit more fun than we've had during the course of the rest of the show. <laughs> Brian, do you honestly think I would be sitting in Canada in the cold right now if I could get the lottery numbers? I would be in Tahiti sipping on cocktails, brother. And you know what? If I ever get those lottery numbers, I will call you. And we will sip Tahiti cocktails together. <laughs> I posted them in the duck pond earlier. I hope somebody out there took a screenshot of them. <laughs> and I honestly hope somebody buys a Powerball ticket just for fun, because I would hate to come back next week and find out that I was right. Just right. Saying. Well, you know what? Buy one. It's, yeah, it's worth it. I mean... I don't. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I should get some sort of cut. But of course, I know the tax man is going to take enough of it from you. So I, I will give. You, I give those to you for free. Whoever picked them so up. So you know and something really cool. You know something really cool about Canada? They're not taxed. <laughs> so, so I said, I said, you, you, you win a lottery. So when if it says a million, you get a million. There's no tax. See, that's great because <laughs> we lose like majority of bubble there, Jim. I forgot the last number. That goes up to seventy, right? So make sure I want to know that because I, I don't want to be picking the wrong 62. number. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. There you go. See now, now this collective effort has picked the. Um... <laughs> Remember the little people, Brian. Remember the little people. <laughs> so speaking of being in Canada and maybe in the United States, you, you've ventured around, mm-hmm. but where is one place, oh, in the world that you could investigate? Wow, they really strung that out for you. I have a yearning to hit the UK. I really want to, I mean, parts of Europe as well. I would love to investigate in England and Scotland, Ireland, Italy, France, those areas, a lot of the old country. Um, I'd love to, to um, you know, go to the beaches of Normandy and honor the soldiers that, that sacrificed their lives for us. Um, I think there's so much there, um, and that could be a whole show on its own. Um, but yeah, no, I would love to hit that old country and, and kind of do patriotage there. What, what is your favorite book right now? My favorite book? Um, my favorite, my favorite paranormal book? No, book in general, but if you have a paranormal book and you, then you could layer on top of it. Um, my favorite book. Oh my goodness. I, you're asking the wrong person because I have so many favorites. Um, so, um, oh my goodness. Okay, so the Crystal Bible, as funny as that sounds, the Crystal Bible is a really good um, self-help book. I often refer to that when I'm telling people about crystals because when a lot of people want to get into crystals and understand the vibrational frequencies and what they're for, I tell them to go to that. Um, I love paranormal books. Any any paranormal book that I can get a hold of. Um, you know, there's a, there's a gentleman by the name of Timothy Shaw, and he is a reverend. He's a very, um, uh, I respect him with a, a lot. And he has a bunch of books. I, I'm trying to think of one off of hand, but he does a, a, a brilliant job of writing those. Um, oh, my goodness. You know, actually. Um, anything, what, what, and he what? has a Holzer file book. So, so Hans Holzer, amazing books because he was kind of at the forefront pioneer of his time doing paranormal investigating and there's too many books to even like i can't even narrow one down there's so many of them you know it's funny you mentioned tim shaw because years and years and years and years ago probably 11 i was on his show Mm -hmm. the black cat lounge way back 
he's still got it. So, so Timothy Shaw still has a black cat sound, and he's live every Tuesday night. Wonderful man, um, and he's so knowledgeable. And uh, yeah, so he he's he's got he's written some great books too. See, yeah, well, yet again, I know somebody in the um, paranormal. Yeah. I tell you, a lot of people do not know me. Oh, so yeah, speaking, he did speaking. one ghost of Buffalo. He did a bunch of stuff. Haunted Buffalo, Ghost of Buffalo. Um, he's got so many. Sorry, I could just go on. He's he's a huge war buff. So um, civil war and all of that stuff. So he's done a lot of research on that. So for those people out there who mm-hmm. don't believe me when I tell them that I am bad at the paranormal and I'm bad at movies <laughs> and I'm bad at pop culture. Now listen, Jim okay. Harold does Jim Harold does a game show, Paranormal Something. I was on it last okay. week, okay? okay? I was on it and I managed to score negative 2700 points. <laughs> okay, does, does that mean he had, to, he had to take points away because you didn't know the answer? Like, how yeah, does this work? Yeah, is this like, like golf? Because if you're under par, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's what I told him, and he didn't seem to want to buy that. <laughs> I don't understand why, but okay. if, I, I was really on a roll there. I actually did answer a couple questions right, so that tells you how bad I really got there towards the end. So I will make sure I get the link for that for the, the podcast notes because Jim's a good guy, and we had, well, I mean, the, the show was fun. But it really shows how criminally inept I am at pop culture and paranormal stuff. Yeah, but you have to separate yourself from pop pop culture and paranormal, right? Remember, paranormal is a pseudoscience. There's never an expert. I hate being called an expert because I'm still learning. And nobody really knows the ins and outs of it. On a psychic level, I can tell you what I'm being told as a psychic. Um, But in terms of technology and how we perceive the paranormal and how we capture it on a physical basis, we're all still learning. So, you know, remember that the next time somebody calls you down for something because, uh, you know, nobody nobody knows everything. Oh, I know everything. Don't worry. That's why I host the show and not a guest. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the negative 2,000 points. Yeah, I was going to say, somebody out there is going to cut that audio up and I'm going to be hearing that the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh. Katie, it has been a blast, let me tell you. I, I have enjoyed tonight immensely. I hope people out there actually did take something away from it. I'm sure that you – we got into some definitions, some terms, and somehow perspective, which is always good. Well, thank you. I had an absolute blast. It was great chatting with you and great finally meet you. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to push you off because I've got a minute left, and I've got to talk about this Christmas contest I'm doing next week. So. Well, good luck. Well, thank you. And that's uh, Katie Turner there. Okay, so, minute left, Halloween contest time. During the coming week, at some point, probably tomorrow, for you live listeners, on that'll be Wednesday for you podcast listeners, and this page will already be posted by the time the podcast was posted. So, here's the deal. I need your Christmas pictures. Outside decorations, inside decorations, whatever they will be. I'm working on, I said we're going to do this as a call-in show, so don't forget, we're going to take Christmas stories that night, which is, that night, which is um, the 22nd, so we're going to get your pictures gathered up, having a contest, giving something away, not sure what it is yet, because I haven't got that far, okay, so we're going to have com slash Christmas, all the, um, the stuff that you need to do will be there. Um, you could put, we'll be posting the pictures via social media, no matter which one you're on. But I'm going to need you to um, make sure I know. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mal Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of the show are those of the host and guests and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of duckpondshop.com where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout duckpondshop.com Until next week, stay safe and keep whacking.
Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.